0: Passed on ...under the burning sun, each taken with their own thoughts. Another hour and more swarms of countless mosquitoes later, the first rude hovels of Rotbottom came into view. That and the odor of alligator hides drying in the heat wafted forth, which made Hudson appreciate the horse-fig-dappled streets of New York as being akin to the perfumed gardens of paradise. Magnus recalled which house belonged to Quinn Tate, and he aimed them in that direction. It was amid other small ramshackle wooden cabins of its like planted on the swampy earth, though he remembered that it did stand out for its relative cleanliness and order. The Tate girl might be addled, but it appeared she was proud of her home. As he and Hudson approached the house on their horses, they attracted the attention of a few raggedy residents who were repairing nets, chopping wood, cleaning fish, and other chores of import. A wizened old white-haired woman who sat on her porch with a corn cob pipe between her teeth and a little brown jug at hand hollered a greeting to them in a voice stolen from a bullfrog. And when Magnus nodded in response, she lifted her jug and swilled from it, as if she needed any further excuse to drink fire water on a day when the trees themselves might burst into flame. Dogs came up barking like little pistols going off and rattled the horses, until a thin man with a gray beard down to his belly hole ran the canines away with foul yelled oaths and the thrusts of a wooden pitchfork. Hudson had seen poor villages before, but this place was the poorest. He thought that even the meager bits of paint that clung to the wooden walls looked sad, and the garments hanging from their lines to dry were more patches than clothing. A few horses drooped around, trying to find grass on the trampled ground. Chickens roamed the yards, pigs lay in their stuporous slumbers, a couple of goats butted heads over some affront, and everywhere the smell of alligator carcasses freighted the air like heavy smoke. Hudson was beginning to grasp what Muldoon had been telling him. Why in the world would Matthew stay in a place like this, if indeed he was still alive? It was a mystery but he couldn't allow himself to drift in that direction. If Quinn Tate was the last person to see Matthew alive, then she had questions to answer, and Hudson, by God, was going to make sure no stone was left unturned, or in this case, no rotten bottom left unexposed. A woman was sweeping the porch of the house they were approaching. Her back was to them as she labored, and she wore around her head a sweat-stained blue wrapping cloth. She was a small woman, finely boned, but she worked with fierce intensity, as if she had until sundown to live. It was all Hudson could do not to call to her, to blurt out his question of, where is my friend Matthew? But suddenly she must have heard the crunch of horse hooves on the earth, or sensed herself being examined, for she turned toward the two new arrivals, and was content for the moment to lean on her broom and watch them coming. That's her? Hudson asked. No, said Magnus. It ain't. He was puzzled at this, and caught a new puzzlement. The one time he'd been out here, all the windows of the house were shuttered tight. Now they were not. A heavy set man with a bald pate and a reddish brown beard emerged from the house, either to speak to the woman or he'd seen the riders through a window. He planted his hands on his wide hips and said, as the two men neared, Afternoon! You looking to buy skins? Got some fine-grained ones being cured? Make a few pairs of sturdy boots fit for gentlemen like yourselves. Not in the market for that, said Hudson, as he reined his horse in just short of the porch steps. He aimed his stare at the woman, who had a hatchet-blade chin and eyes that made him think of an angry dog tensing itself to leap, snapping at a man's throat. I'm looking for Quintate. Ain't here no more, said the woman who hardly moved her mouth when she bit the words off. Where can I find her? Go back to the road, the man spoke up. Turn to the left and go on about four or five rods. You'll see the cemetery plain enough. It's got a wall of stones around it to keep the gators out. The cemetery? Hudson frowned, which itself was enough to put any man on guard for his life. This is a poor joke, sir, and I am in no mood for such. Ain't no joke, said the woman. Me and Clem been next on a list for a real house. Don't care how we got it, just so there's a roof over our heads for the baby. Pity that woman got herself murdered, but she was warranted for it.